People love him already. He's got the uh, Rhode Island twang. The long pass to Moore and a pin block from Martin. Tune in to Cam's corner. He's going <laughs> to make it here. Draws the foul for another Rhode Island in one. Podcast his own podcast. It's good off the backboard and in. Trying to break. And we are back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Cam's Corner. Today joining me. One of the sports directors for ABC Six News in Rhode Island. It's Ian Steele. Ian, thank you so much for joining me. Of course, Cam. Honored to be on Cam's Corner, the famous Cam's Corner. <laughs> this is sweet. I am really happy to be here. Yeah, I don't know about famous. We're getting there. We're slowly but surely, we're getting there. I've listen. <laughs> it, when we're starting to notice the content, even if you know just through word of mouth and scrolling through, you're on everything, man. It's awesome. It's you're doing a great job with it. I appreciate that so much, Ian, and um, I'm sure you've been on podcasts before and featured on stuff, but I want to know firsthand, have you ever done anything like this in your career where, um, you know, you were a host of a podcast or host of any kind of talk show, I guess? Uh, talk show? I've done some talk radio recently. I fill in on WPRO for Kevin McNamara's show um, whenever he wants to play golf or goes on vacation or whatever. I'm just kidding. There's always a good reason for Kevin Mack not to do a show, but I fill in for him every now and then I've never had my own podcast though. We've done, uh, we've experimented with a couple of Instagram live things and Twitter spaces here and there during, uh, during big times. But, uh, but I, we haven't done, we haven't done a podcast over at channel six. So uh, it's awesome. And it's really a part of, what everyone kind of has to do now in terms of being in this business. Uh, you know, when I went to school, you had to learn how to do radio and TV and your own website and things like that. But doing the podcast and doing all the social media and things like that, that's what's really come about recently. So doing one and everybody seems to be doing one now is a huge, huge deal in terms of, you know, expanding the brand and expanding the the content and the coverage that you do just on a daily on a daily basis when you're working in sports or in really any type of media for sure right and i feel like it's it's the same thing with like anybody else like anybody could go on and, and talk about sports and rant about whatever but it's the you know the uniqueness that you bring to it i feel like that's how you gain attraction and uh the consistency that you do it at so um for you to be seeing all my stuff on platforms like that that means a lot and I, I hopefully that means i'm in the right direction but for sure oh you you are for sure i remember gosh what must have been like two or three years ago i was at a uri football game and there's just an you up there with a camera i never met you before i'm like Who, who's this go-getter coming out and shooting games and i don't even know if you were doing it for for the uh the cigar or for a class or whatever but you were out there doing it so uh we're taking notice man for sure we certainly are that means a lot. And I can see you and Nick, uh, another sports director at ABC six. I can see you guys doing a podcast, something Rhode Island based for sure. The personalities are. That would go off there. the rails so fast. <laughs> like that would be, it would be really fun, but mm. you know, uh, Nick and I in the office together, you know, very rarely do I get home on time after a shift working with Nick, because we're just sitting in that office shooting the breeze for an extra hour sometimes you don't even look at the clock and all of a sudden the whole night's gone by so we 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 certainly could we certainly do um we just uh it's it's hard to nail down a time when the two of us are not doing something else but uh but it's definitely been in the old noggin every now and then for sure like we should put this on tape uh, should we yeah we probably should um <laughs> so maybe maybe down the road maybe coming soon we'll see 
Yeah, that'd be a sight to see, and I'm sure people would want to see it. Of course, people in Rhode Island. It would be a sight to see. I don't you know, guys are all I don't over know the place. how good of a sight to see, but it would be it would be something for sure. It would be right. Fun. And digging, uh, you know, deeper into your career and how everything started. Before we get into like you know the net and grit of everything that you've been able to accomplish and you know grind out over the years, just where has that passion for sports in general really stemmed from for you? Oh, um, my dad, for sure. Uh, my dad was a huge sports fan. Uh, he played high school and semi-professional football. Uh, he didn't go to college, but he went into the Marine Corps. And, and when he got out, he kept playing football because it's what he knew how to do. So um, so my, my love for sports really, really started with him. Um, and he played baseball and softball with all of his buddies into his thirties. Um, and by the time I came along, you know, he, he would, when I was a kid, he would just be like, I would be on his shoulder and there's pictures of the Patriots game on or the Red Sox game on. And I'm constantly sitting there with him, uh, just taking it all in at the time. And that has grown into an undying passion for sports that I, that I got from him. Um, he and my brother had season tickets to the Patriots all the way through the glory years, going back to when the Patriots weren't doing so well. Um, they would say that, you know, they sat on those metal bleachers at the old Foxborough stadium, uh, to watch the team maybe win two games a year every now and then. And then they kept them all the way through the Tom Brady and Bill Belichick era, um, so they, they, they saw a lot of really, really, it, it brought my family together in a huge way in terms of what sports does. And I think that's what it does for all of us, for every fan, you know, you could, when you go to a game, right there, you're there with thousands of people who have something in common with you. And when you're watching a game, you're doing it with there are millions of other eyeballs on that game of people who have something in common with you who are interested in this for one reason or another they're still interested in this game this sport and that's really what was taught to me early on is just how great it is to bring people together and that's what uh that's what we try and do every day but to, to answer your question uh yeah the passion for sports started with my dad he uh he really got it going for me from a from my first day on this planet <laughs> for sure. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have that similar story and, and how they've, you know, started to like their teams growing up and certain athletes. But um, I know you were, you played football in high school, was digging a little deep into uh, your uh, high school playing days, but we'll get into that too. But outside of, of playing, um, was there ever like a, an aspiration for sports media or any kind of uh, role models? Maybe you looked up to growing up uh, outside of playing. So it's funny, this goes back to family again. When I was, I don't know, middle school or high school, my brother would told me the story about how he would be the PA announcer for his college's football games. He would be up in the booth and he'd, you know, uh, ta tackle made by Cami Simone, third down and five from the 45, and he would do that. Um, and I thought, and every time I think back, I'm like, that's that's really cool. Like, you can just go and do that and spend your time doing that and maybe you know, wasn't thinking about making a living off of it or making money off of it, but it's a cool way to spend time and, and work on a game without necessarily playing it. So, so that was my first kind of introduction to it. And then just growing up watching and listening to all of the great broadcasters that we've had around here. I grew up in Massachusetts. So watching 
you know, all of the Boston TV stations uh, watching the news at night and watching the sports casts there. And some of the legends that have recently retired, guys like Mike Lynch and, and Bob Halloran on Channel 5, and even guys who are still and girls who are still doing it now. Uh, Joe Amersino, who just stepped away at Channel 7. I interned with him, and it was it was one of the greatest uh, experiences of my life working at Channel 7 for a little while as a college kid going to Emerson. Um, and then just some of the play-by-play guys. Like I still constantly hear Gil Santos in my head when I watch a football game. Or when, you know, I'm just looking at it, like, say, I don't know, you're out or something and you see the TV on and you can hear him describe the setup of the play. Two receivers to the far side, right? One receiver to the left. Ball's on the 35-yard line. Brady calling signals. Like, his cadence, I still hear in my head sometimes when I'm watching games. Um, And so just growing up around here... um, you know, New England sports is pretty much in everyone's blood. A lot of people's blood, you you are brought into it right from the get-go. So um, so just having influences like that uh, really from, from the start um, and taking it all in and now kind of using all of that, um, using all of that experience and those inspirations and kind of molding it all together are things that that I still think about to this day and why I do some of the things that I do and where I may have picked up on it from, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and getting into like bouncing off of the question of uh, back in your high school days, um, again, on ABC six, I seen a little bit of you played all four years, uh, high school football yep. and your final year, you guys, well, all four years, you got to the championship, your yeah. fourth final year, you play at Gillette stadium. You finally get crowned that ring. Um, a question I wanted to ask is like that full circle kind of feeling like now you're on the field at Gillette, you're covering the Patriots and you've been covering the Patriots for a number of years now. How does that kind of feel? And how does that full circle feeling, you know, really feel to you at the end of the day that now you're back on the same field that you were, you know, a number of years ago? Yeah, it's, it's, I thought of, I definitely thought about it the first few times I went into the stadium or, and uh, we warmed up for that game in the field house that is outside of Gillette Stadium, right? So they have other games going on in the stadium, so they let the teams warm up in the field house, and then you walk over. Um, At least that's what they did back in the late 2000s. Um, And so, yeah, every time, like, I feel at home in that stadium between, you know, going to games with my family and then playing those games um, and having a great memory my senior year when we finally were able to win it, we were, it was like, we were like the Red Sox, you know, uh, you get there, you get so close. And then the championship, uh, you weren't able to pull through until my senior year, which was, which was awesome for, for my teammates to, to go out there and get it done. Uh, but yeah, I think about, I think about how comfortable I am around there really all the time. And it, and it stems, it stems from that. It was really cool to uh to go out there i mean let's i'll be completely honest with you i wasn't a great player i didn't play much we had some big boys i was an offensive lineman and i was slow and wasn't very big and wasn't very fast so but i i got a few plays in i went out there for an extra point and i hit the dude across from me as hard as i possibly could and and uh that and i wasn't even supposed to do that to be honest with you i i they scored a touchdown and the guy came over and they were like oh it's extra point time i was like can i go in they're like yeah whatever go ahead so then i did um but yeah it it was it was really cool to to experience that thinking back on it now and 
And um, my family and my parents will tell you that they had a few uh, long, cold nights watching those championship games at Gillette Stadium, the one that we didn't win. And the one that we did win was kind of similar to the first few games that were played at Gillette this year, just rainy constantly. It was cold. It was played in December-like. And so, um, so yeah, it was really, it was really cool to, to see my teammates really pull that off and for it to come full circle for our class of seniors at that time. Um, but yeah, it was a really great story. It was a really great story and the way that we were able to pull it off. And it's, it's funny, actually starting out doing this job, so to speak, we had a, uh, television film class, uh, in high school. Uh, I went to Marshfield high school and it was called Marshfield student broadcasting and, we did the daily announcements in homeroom called Before the Bells. And as my final project senior year, I started, I, I love NFL films and I would watch anything that they put out, whether it was, you know, mic'd up or those yearly yearbooks after an NFL season. I would watch pretty much every teams of those and NFL Network would be on at all times at my house when I was home. So I made, I, I wanted to do an America's game documentary about my high school football team. And we filmed all the interviews. It took forever. It took classes and classes. Um, and I never got a chance to finish it because then senior year happened and then it was time to graduate. And then you go to college and uh, I still, I wonder where those files are now. Um, but so combining everything together, you know, it goes back to, to back then for sure yeah and then i was looking at that and then you tell me offensive lineman i would have i wouldn't have thought an offensive lineman oh um, man yeah nobody would <laughs> <laughs> I, I barely was an offensive lineman but uh but it was it was it was a lot of fun yeah for sure we had like i said we had some big some big boys uh before like my sophomore year we had a kid go to delaware uh will nagel he ended up being a captain i believe up there he started for a long time uh delaware division one caa you probably know very well going to uri so uh, yeah, we had some really good lines, ran the ball, ran the wing tee. So when Mac Jones brings up that he ran the wing tee in high school, I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, it was it was old school for sure, but it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we had our high school football coach. His name was Lou Silva. He was in his 60s when he was coaching us and he could do push ups on his fingertips like like straight up and down. He was still ripped. And he just recently retired a couple of years ago. So he would, he could do fingertip pushups better than anyone on his varsity team. So, uh, and he's, he's a legend up in Massachusetts. So to learn the game from him and to learn the game from all the assistant coaches, um, I still apply what I learned to the job now, you know what I mean? So what you learn about defenses or line play or running, you know, running game, things like that. Um, it's certainly not as complex and as fast as it is in the NFL, but the basics, I guess you could say, are are there for sure. Right. And again, that goes back to anyone playing. Like people in media, I feel like they always have that sport background. Like yeah. for someone like me, I wasn't like a superstar athlete, but I played basketball and uh, at Johnston in Rhode Island. And you know, being able to call play by play and be a color analyst for you know a few games for ESPN Plus and, and doing it this year as well for URI, it's like. You just know the game so much more because you have that player perspective and being able to talk with those guys in school, you know, and, and stuff like that, that, that kind of really, um, I guess, paves the way for your career because that's how you figure out what you want to do. And um, the best broadcasters I've seen, have done multiple sports and they've, you know, expanded their horizon. So that's what I've been trying to emulate. Um, and so, of course, learning from you and Nick and everybody in Rhode Island, it's been um, a tremendous pleasure. And I want to know where that all really started at Emerson, you know, what your mindset was going into Emerson 
the programs there and how you kind of you stemmed out how you stemmed out as uh, a media talent uh, talent's a big word I don't know about <laughs> that but um so when I I mean it's kind of similar it's the same mindset that I carry to this day is you know I I got there and I decided that I'm gonna work hard and I'm gonna try everything and I'm gonna fill my plate up as much as I can and 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 whatever I can do in terms of a class or an extracurricular, like no one at that time. And it's probably similar to this day. Like when you go to Emerson, like everyone is super busy, super involved. It's, it's, it's very rare that you, there's a student there. And I'm not saying that those students aren't successful, but it's very rare that there's a student there that just goes to class, goes home, does their homework and gets their degree. It's a very involved campus from really all majors whether it's a very big art school very big media school very big theater school and everyone there is super involved in their extracurriculars and their in their student activities it's it's embedded in the culture i would say and i felt that as soon as i took a tour there um i was interested in emerson from the get-go i just i liked their programs i liked their facilities it's similar to you know athletes getting recruited like What's the program like? Do they win? Do they have alumni? Do they, you know, do they have good facilities? And can I succeed there? And I always thought that I could. And so, um, you know, when I got there, I was uh, my first audition. It's actually funny. My my friend, Ross Lippman, who I was just talking to to this day, I'm watching football with him Sunday. Uh, my first audition there, I had long hair. I like my suit didn't fit, but I went up there and he, he saw potential in me. He was a year above me at the time, but he was running the show um, and kind of took me under his wing, so to speak, even as someone who was just a year older and just kind of showed me the ropes around and said, you know, we meet here on this day for this and here on this day for this. And if you want to come and do this type of thing, come on out. And I did. And I stuck with it. Um, but really, um there was a, all, all sorts of different shows and different opportunities. There were a ton of opportunities there. And I say that to everyone who's looking for either their first job or their next job, or if they're looking at schools out of high school, looking at colleges, like, like take a look at the opportunities that you can have there. Or if you want to create your own, you can do that too. Cause you know, Providence College doesn't have a broadcasting program, but we get a lot of interns from Providence that make their own major and want to do sports media. So that's an opportunity there that you can you can look into as an example around here. Um, so I say that to everybody, like just go where the opportunities are. And when you get one, you know, do your best to to hang on to it. So that's so that's what I did from from my very first day. And it was it was all over. It was the culture there. And I just kind of did my part while I was there. Yeah. And, and not only for media, but just for everybody that I've been able to talk to in general, you know, athletes, coaches, everybody under the, the sports media or sports world in general have always said that connections is huge. No matter where you go, the people that, you know, can open doors for you and, and the work that you put in will emulate that as well. So um, I guess during your time at Emerson, just name some, you know, internships that you had, the people that helped you like pave the way for your career and um, just that really prepared you for that next step when you got your first job. Yeah, for sure. Um, the main internship that I did, like I mentioned, was at Channel 7 in Boston. Um, Joe Amersino was a sports director there. Uh, Kuhn Lamb was the main sports executive producer. Uh, he's still there. Uh, Alex Dembo was a producer there. He's still there. 
Um, I worked with Greg Glass, the photographer, the sports photographer. I see him pretty much every day up in Foxborough now. So, uh, you know, those connections I still have to this day. And I and they they taught me the way I did a lot of uh, producing, logged games for them, like wrote a little bit um, and they trusted me. And that's that was the biggest thing is um, when I when, you know, I bring interns around um, and they meet. Greg Glass, the photographer, he always said, you know, you never had to worry about Ian, which I really appreciate um, him saying that because he's super talented and he's been in the business a long time. And when I was in college, he trusted me to like sit up in the press box at Fenway Park and not, you know, break anything or represent the station in in a poor way as a, as an, as a college kid intern during the summer. So, uh, so the things I learned there, I still carry to this day how to produce and and what makes good television and what's important and what's not what's exciting and you know how to conduct interviews i was at patriots training camp and interviewing guys there things like that um and and i developed their trust which is something that i take very seriously in every job and and i've had similar experiences from that to my first job in texas to now um but another opportunity that I had while I was at Emerson, it was really cool. Um, so Nick Coit went there, first of all, and he was a couple years older than me. So we did a show, a sports debate show, kind of similar to First Take, called Unsportsmanlike Conduct, where we would debate the hot topics of the day and the host would give points out. And we did an alumni show and Nick came back and did the show. He was a panelist and I hosted the show. So that was the first time I ever met Nick and he was hilarious and he crushed it. So creative in how he presented his points. He brought props. He brought wigs. He dressed up. He was he was Nick. He was his goofy self. He was his authentic self. But I was like, this guy's a riot. Like, I'm going to. And then we got lunch after. And then a few years later, uh, the job opened up. So so those types of extracurricular things, that's how I met Nick. And then we did one. Um, we had a, a program called WEBN, which was basically a weekly newscast. And we did a sports center type show. It was on Friday night. So first of all, you know, if you're a sports person, you're interested in doing sports, you have to stay in the studio on a Friday night from the hours of like, I don't know, eight to 10 o'clock at night on a Friday. A lot of college kids aren't going to give up their Friday nights to go and produce a sports center type show, WEBN Sports. But we had a huge crew. A lot of people came out for it because they were equally as passionate for it. And that stemmed from the advisor for WEBN at the time. Her name was Marsha Della Justina, Dr. Marsha Della Justina. She just recently passed away. So I want to make sure to shout her out. Um, and she is really the godmother of the Emerson journalism department. She called us all her kids um, when we graduated and when we went off, she helped us all really get our first jobs, wrote recommendation letters. She was tough, but she was fair. And her connections turned into our connections, which I am eternally, eternally grateful for, for her. Uh, one thing that she, she was a huge baseball fan. So every year during spring break, another form of dedication that you kind of have to show during spring break, a group of sports journalism students would go to spring training and cover Major League Baseball for spring break for a week. And I went twice 
And that kind of showed me how, and if this was my junior and senior year before I really focused on internships. So you go out there and they throw you out there with the local media who cover the teams and some national media, things like that. And you kind of learn how to do the daily job and how to turn over stories on a daily basis. And then we put together a 30 minute special at the end of a week and we filmed all the stuff for that. And it taught you about, you know, delegating your time and story subjects and all the things you have to put into it. But that was a great opportunity for us to go in the, literally to the big leagues while we were in college and cover professional sports. Um, And it wasn't just the Red Sox or the Yankees, which we were familiar with being from New England, you know, it was the entire Grapefruit League. So we would have to rent cars and drive halfway across Florida to go to the Blue Jays facility. And then the next day, and then come back to the hotel and turn around our story. And the next day, go to the Detroit Tigers. And then the next day, go here. So, and that's something we do on a daily basis. We're going down to URI one minute, and then we're up in Foxborough the next minute. You you did that during your internship, and you've seen how we do it so it really just throws you into the fire to see it throws you into the deep end to see if you can sink or swim and it's trial by fire and those are some great opportunities that i was able to get just simply from picking a school and emerson's not the only one there's a ton of them out there uri's done a great job of this now too is just picking a school that has those opportunities available for students to really hone their craft for sure. And I went to Rick my first two years in college. And um, for those that don't know, Rhode Island, I mean, I speak a lot about it on the show, but Rhode Island College is a, a Division three school all around for all sports. So um, those programs aren't really as advertised as as URI's is, of course, because URI is an A-10 school, Division one school for all sports. So it's it's more exposure, not only to the athletes, but to the students that want to cover it. They have media availability. They have you know, broadcasting opportunities. They can do student-ran radio things, uh, the cigar, the student-ran newspaper. There's so much that you can involve yourself in. And I feel like that jump for me personally just helped like a tremendous amount. Like I made so many connections over that summer alone than I have, you know, than I did the first two years at at Rick. So um, just going back to that point, like the connections and everything just kind of comes full circle when you when it's time to have that first real opportunity in the real world. So your first opportunity was in Texas. You spent about three years there and then coming back to new England, you know, covering the Patriots and everything that you're, you're doing now at ABC six. But um, I guess that adjustment period um, going far away from home at first and then finally coming back. So I guess kind of start me off and run me through what that was like first going out there and then finally coming back and now long behold doing what you do now. Yeah. So I just talked about all the great stuff I was able to do in college. And then once you graduate, it start, it's time to start applying for jobs and the real world hits you. And it took me a while to get that first job, to get that first opportunity. Um, I completely ripped apart my reel and put together a new one, you know, as I was applying because the phone wasn't ringing, you know. Um, it took me into, I started my first job on Halloween night, I believe. So, you know, you graduating May, June, July, August, September, everyone's already starting to starting their first jobs and all your friends and things like that. And I was at Starbucks, you know, emailing news directors and sending out tapes um, and just spending my day that way. So, so it took a little bit of time, but, uh, but 
once that opportunity came, and this is another thing that I learned from Dr. Marsha Della Justina, God rest her soul, is when you get that first offer, just go. Take it. Just, yeah. just go for it. Just take the leap of faith. And again, see if you can sink or swim in the deep end. And that's what I did. Uh, Chris Thomason, the sports director at KIIII in Corpus Christi, Texas, called me, liked my stuff. Uh, the news director, uh, Richard Longoria, called me. He said, <laughs> it, with all the different talk shows and things like that that I did in college, and they were like, we like you. Some of your stuff's a little off the wall. Do you have anything that's a little more just straight up news? And I was like, absolutely, I do. So that's when I kind of cut them a different tape and sent it to them. And they and they really like that one. So um, at the same time, though, once I got there and once I got comfortable and once they got comfortable with me, the personality came out and they accepted it. And we had, you know, shows that we could that we could actually, you know, show that in. So. It's not to say that if you want to go into news, especially nowadays with social media and all the different stuff that you can do now, your personality, it be as genuine and as authentic as you want to be, because there is someone out there that will accept that for their for their station or for their job or or whatever it is. But at the time, you know, you're going you're going to Texas and it's a uh, it was a it was a great time, you know, Texas high school football. Uh, minor league baseball uh, for the Houston Astros double-A affiliate was down there. We had a division one college basketball program and well, a division one, you know, school and a division two school that had college football. The other one didn't have football. So we would cover division two football in terms of, it was like 45 minutes away, Texas A&M Kingsville. Um, so got a taste of that, got a taste of division one and, and professional baseball. So it was a great opportunity. I still keep up with Chris to this day. Uh, he just got promoted to sports director at that time. Uh, Dan McReynolds retired. So that opened up the opportunity for the job to be posted. The great ones only come open when someone retires because the same thing happened up here in Providence when Ken Bell retired. So, uh, so it's funny how that works out, um, but really great time. And yeah, being away from home, very different, very difficult, but I knew that was something that I was going to have to do in order to to take this career. You know, nothing comes without sacrifice. And that's something that I learned early on in doing this. I'm not going to get to Boston my first job out of school if this is if, you know, being an on air TV sports reporter was something that I wanted to do. It takes time, it takes effort. You have to take the steps and you have to commit 100 percent every day. And that's that's what I did. And so I dove head first and <clears throat> I embraced the culture down there and I got to learn all the different schools and the different rivalries. And, and it was great. Um, Corpus Christi is basically like two, three miles north of the Mexican border. So it's warm. It's on the Gulf Coast, Gulf of Mexico. It's very it's it's different from, you know, my hometown in Marshfield, Massachusetts. Uh, they play baseball all year round. It's it's nice in the high school baseball down there is super, super competitive in terms of that little section of Texas. And then, you know, the high school football in the state, the Patriots are playing at Cowboy Stadium this week. And I was just thinking back to when I went to Cowboy Stadium to cover state championship football. It is a huge deal down there. It's a lot of fun. And it teaches you the importance of local news and how important what you cover is to the community, you know. Every night we could go on air on channel six 
and tell you about the Damian Lillard trade. And we can tell you about what's going on in the NFL and the NBA and all the national stuff. We could do that, but our local audience will resonate with, you know, URI, PC, the Patriots, the Bruins, things like that. And the Providence Bruins and not local high schools and the high school football around here, because they might know someone on those teams, or they might have tickets to a game down the road that they're interested in knowing what they're going to see. And that stuff especially on those hyper-local level, the high school level, things like that. The passion down in Texas was unbelievable, and it's like that in a lot of different places. The passion for the teams, along with the talent that was on the field, you put those two things together, and it's really unbelievable. Um, so that first job that first job was crazy. There was a high school playoff game. They played at the professional stadium there, and it's I think it still holds the record for attendance for a high school baseball game. They sold it out and they sold extra seats or extra standing room around the outfield in the berm and things like that. Uh, I covered that game. It was two Corpus Christi teams playing in the big stadium. It was, it was insane and great games, great talent. A lot of guys are in the pros now that I covered. So, uh, so really cool to to think back and, and look back on that time. Yeah. And it's all about, like you said, just continuing to grind at it and, and pursue that and keep working hard at it because you're not going to get a job you know, your ideal job, I guess, right out of school. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you now for somebody like me, uh, th- this summer I was applying for a few jobs just to see what I can get. And I got a, a pretty far in the interview process with the Utah Jazz for a, a broadcast assistant role. And we go. I'm like, you know, this this could be real because I was a finalist out of however many people. And they interviewed about, I think, 15 people. And I was one of those 15. So I'm like, I could be packing my bags and going to Utah. But um, evidently right. it, didn't, yeah. it didn't work out. But at the same time, it's like I have all this stuff that I can continue to do at school, make my reels stronger and things like that. So kind of along those lines, um, maybe like a, a quick hardship that you had and like just your message to like people like me that are in this process and that want to keep getting better and that uh, how to take in that constructive criticism too. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's not easy. There is a, it's a very competitive business. There are a lot of applicants and there are only so many jobs out there in terms of whether it's for an NBA team or local news stations, things like that, it is super competitive and you just have to believe in yourself. And when sure there's constructive criticism and sometimes you might take it hard at first, take a breath. There's a reason why they're telling you X, Y, or Z. And maybe it's, you can use it as a lesson or you can use it and let it bring you down. And it's never personal. It's certainly business. And you can never burn a bridge for sure. Like, you know, sure, they say, you know what, we just don't think you're good enough. You can take that to heart and maybe think, am I not good enough? Or you can flip it and say, I'm not good enough for this job right now. But down the road, if I continue to work at it, I can be. And maybe they're not good enough is someone else's you're perfect for us. You know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, I was there. Um, I, you know, took me, like I said, a couple months to get my first job and wasn't sure what I was going to do. And maybe thought every now and then about uh, doing something else. But at the same time, I know, and I want everyone else who might be listening this to, to think that, you know, you are doing this for a reason and it's because it's your passion. It's a labor of love for sure. 
And there is nothing that gives me the feeling of when you put together a great story or when, you know, people recognize your work as doing a great job. Not necessarily, that's not why you do it, but when it does happen, you know, that's the feeling that you get. Or when Nick would come up to me and say, great job today. That's a great story. That's why we have you here. You know what I mean? Or your news director or a peer, someone you trust. And I say this to everybody. Sure, you can, everyone's going to have an opinion, especially with social media and things like that. But never take criticism per, like to heart, not to heart, but never take it personally from someone you wouldn't take advice from. Right. You know right. what I mean? Criticism, don't take criticism from someone that you wouldn't take advice from. You know what I mean? I think that might be able to soften the blow a little bit if if it is out there. But everyone goes through hard times, even when you get the job. You know, there, there might be things that pop up. You know, your live shot might not go up or you might mess up here or there. And these things happen. It happens in every single walk of life and no other business, no one in this business or other businesses are perfect 100% of the time. But you got to be good with you first and foremost. And if if you keep that up and and you go back to the reason of I do this because I love it, because I know I can, that'll take you farther than anyone who has a negative comment in the comments will take you. For sure. And we're coming down in our uh, last few minutes here. I just want to, again, like I said before, a ton of times, Ian, I appreciate you for hopping on and taking All the right. time throughout your busy schedule. Um, just one last question before we end off. What do you think of Cam's Corner and your most memorable and your favorite moment in your entire career? Quick, go. Ooh, what I think of Cam's Corner, you do a great job, man. You, you ask all the right questions. I love being on. Anytime you, you need to do this again, would love to do it. Uh, the production value, like I said, seeing everything uh, that you post, you're doing a great job with this. So really appreciate you, you. Uh, having me on. I Thank love you. the backdrop, all that stuff. So what do we have over here? We have, is that your jersey over there? What is this? This is, this is obviously Kobe. This is my flag. And this is a signed Ray Bork jersey from the sports hub that I got when I met him. One of my first few weeks there. So that was, that was pretty cool. That's the good stuff right there. And this right here, this is Ed Lee autograph. First Ed Lee autograph ever. Shout out to Ed Lee, man. (laughs) He was great to work with. Uh, He's a great guy. Uh, He was really fun covering him. Uh, And the best, my best career moments, I would have to say, like I said, every day that I get to walk into that sports office and work with Nick Coit, who I seriously consider one of my best friends. Um, we've worked together for over six years now. I've worked with him longer than he worked with Ken Bell, which is saying something because Ken is a absolute legend in this area. So to have the camaraderie that we have on a daily basis, um, those I have a favorite moment every time I get to walk into that office and, and work with him. Um, there are, you know, the the big games, you know, covered two Super Bowls, a World Series, uh, Stanley Cup final, NBA final. Um, so those certainly stick out, um, covered a Sweet 16 uh, that my friends actually flew out to also enjoy at the same time, which was really cool when Providence went to Chicago. That was that was a lot of fun. Um, there, there are so many just great ones, but I will say like my favorite types of stories or moments are the ones where the guys that we've known for a long time from when they were young, make it, you know, like seeing 
guy like Quiddy Pay get drafted in the first round. And then when he comes back to New England, we see his his family in the stands and we see him after the game and just how full circle. We, that's a term that we've brought up a lot on this show. The full circle moments and to see their hard work uh, pay off in that way, it, it, it's inspirational. Those are the inspirational stories that we've had a we've had a lot of them come through here, which is unbelievable to say. But um, you know, guys like Quiddy and David and David Duke Jr. and Cole Swider and and those guys who have worked their whole lives to to for a common goal or for that one goal and to see them actually get it done. Those, those are the best stories. And from an individual standpoint with those guys and with the teams as a whole that we get to know uh, and build relationships with, um, those are the, the ones that stick out to me for sure. And another, another one of my favorite things, and it's good that we have you on here that I'm on with you is seeing, you know, all, all the young, all the young pups, all, all, all you youngins get your opportunities and to kind of take the torch and run with it uh, afterwards uh, once you guys get your opportunities, because we've seen a lot of them, especially recently. Um, there's a lot of great talent around here and you are at the front of the pack, my friend. So seeing you guys have so much success really makes really makes me proud. And, you know, guys like Sam Knox, who is working at Channel 12, he was an intern with us. Um, you know, we could go on and on seeing, you know, that, that there's an impact beyond just what we're doing and that it's spreading from a personal standpoint in this type of business. Um, that, that means the world, that means the world for sure. And that means the world to me to hear someone like you say that about myself. You're on your way, dude. You are. I I appreciate that. I did want to, I don't think I've ever personally like uh thank you for coming to the documentary too and being able to uh premiere that on the news so i wanted to thank you for that too and i wanted to know if you if you ended up watching the full thing and and what you think too i did i did you did a great job you did a great job the interviews were were really really powerful and for you to take all that time to put that together i I don't think it was for a class it was just out of just just a passion project I, I could really tell how much it meant to you, how much uh, Coach Missoula meant to that community. And the, I know the family really, really appreciated it just from the few conversations that I've had with them ever since. Uh, you did an outstanding job with that. And if you keep that up, I mean, you'll be hanging trophies behind Cam's corner right next to that jersey right above right above that backdrop. Yeah, my my dad made a few uh, plaques from like the newspaper articles that went out, and I'm like, oh, I mean, even though this isn't like, uh, you know, like like a gift from like some like, I mean, it was a gift from him, but it's just cool to see like that, you know, just come out. Like I had like that vision, I did it, and it took probably like seven to eight months to get those interviews in, and then right. once I got everything in, once I finally talked to Joe, because of course he was my last interview, because that guy's all over the map, um, but he he capped everything off, and I had like a good three week span to just put everything together. The day finally came and, and they they plugged it on the sports hub and they talked to Joe on the sports hub about it. I was just like, this is just happening so quick. And I feel like that's what it's <laughs> going to be like after school. Um, but I just appreciate all your help, all everyone's help that's been helping me in, in this sports media realm and world. And um, and everyone that watches Camp's Corner, like, comment, subscribe. You guys have been helping me out as well, too. So um, just stay tuned for the next episode of Camp's Corner. Ian, one more time, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thank you for having me, Cam. Really appreciate it.